morning. Welcome to Sunday morning at Eastwood Baptist Virtual Church. I am Melissa Adams. I'm the director of music here, and we are so happy that you've joined us. We pray this morning that the Lord gives you exactly what you need through our song service and through the message that Brother Lee Martin will be bringing in just a few minutes. Tonight, we are going to have our Zoom church once again. Last week was a huge success. We had 55 people join us, and we expect it to be even bigger tonight. So you can go to our Eastwood Baptist Facebook group and find information and the link on how to join. We're going to have a special song service and Kevin Scott will be bringing the message. So you definitely do not want to miss that. If you would like to give your tithes or support Eastwood financially, you can go to our website at eastwoodbaptist.org and there is a give tab and that will give you instructions on how to do that. So we invite you to share this to your own personal Facebook page so other people can also join in and see what's going on here at Eastwood. And for the safety of our congregation, we are going to continue our online services and we'll let you know when we're going to actually meet again in person. And I look forward to that day. We love you so much and um, we can't wait until we're able to see you again. But until then, thank you, Lord, that we have this um, this resource and this technology and in order to still be able to go to church. So let's get right into the service. And I'm so excited to um, introduce you to this um, amazing, talented man that's going to be bringing our um, worship this morning. So please help me welcome Josh Carlson. Nothing gonna steal my joy No, there ain't nothing 
had good days, I've had bad days, tasted victory and defeat. I've had problems, biggest planets, turn to pebbles when you speak. I've had nothing to my name, never lacked for anything, because you were there with me. You've been my savior, sustainer when I'm at my end. My healer, redeemer again and again. My mother and my father, brother, sister and friend. Everything I needed, Lord, you've always been. Everything I needed, Lord, you've always been. When I stand before you guilty, oh, your mercy bears my blame. When in pride I think I'm worthy, you point out the price you paid. When I wander far away, you keep calling out my name. You don't give up on me. You've been my savior, sustainer. Thanks, Josh, for that beautiful music. If you'll now just bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today and for this time together. Lord, thank you for sending Jesus and thank you that Jesus is alive, that he loves us and that he wants to be in a relationship with us. Lord, there's never been a moment that you have not been loving and to this day, you have a purpose for our lives and for this world. Lord, when we start to worry about all the things happening in our, in our lives around us, please help us to remember you are Lord of all and you hold everything, including all of us together. Help us to exhibit peace so that many would ask about the reason for our hope. Give us the opportunity to proclaim the gospel Lord, teach us to be your, your faithful people in this time of crisis. Help us to follow in the footsteps of our gentle shepherd, Jesus, who laid down his life for our sake. Glorify his name as you equip us with everything needed for doing your will. In your heavenly's most precious name, amen. Hi. And good morning. Welcome to Eastwood Baptist Church morning worship service. I bet you can tell that we're not in the sanctuary this morning. Uh, matter of fact, we're in my uh, my garage. For those of you that have tuned in and 
just looking for a place to worship. We're glad that you're here. My name's Lee Martin. I'm the missions pastor. And uh, we're doing what, uh, what we're told to do. We're staying at home and staying in place and making the best of what we can with uh, all the technology we have. And we're glad to be able to come to you today uh, via the internet. <clears throat> you know, uh, I was thinking the other day about, uh, about heroes. Uh, I guess the reason I really started thinking about it was uh, uh, on one of our end tables in the living room, I have a, uh, a black box about, about the size of your Bible, only maybe two or three times thicker. Uh, and it's the ashes of a dog that I used to have years ago whose name was Hero. And every time I come by there, I've got a picture of him there, and I, I think about that. But I was thinking about heroes. And um, I thought, you know, that, that would be a, an interesting message to try to share with, with people. And the more I thought about it and the more I, my, I prayed about it, the more I realized that uh, it's probably really a pretty appropriate message uh, to share now. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Hebrews 11, and we'll be looking at that here in a few minutes. <clears throat> but as I thought about heroes, I thought about, you know, who were my heroes in my past? You know, the first uh, two that came to my mind was uh, uh, the Lone Ranger and, you know, that mask man with the silver bullet and all that stuff, and, uh, and Superman. I like Superman. I like the original Superman that started back in 1952, and I think the series lasted until 1958. It went from black and white to color. And the star of Superman was George Reeves, not Christopher Reeves. He was later on. And I guess one of the things that made me, uh, <clears throat> made me uh, like Superman so much was that he was uh, faster than a locomotive, faster than a a uh, speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, and he was able to leap tall buildings with a single bound. I thought, that is so cool. If I could only do that. I loved watching him, but always had one frustration, and that was, uh, it's kind of a sidebar. Let me go there. Uh, the frustration I had was that whenever, whenever he wanted to become, you know, he was Clark Kent. He was a, uh, a guy that uh, was a mild-mannered uh, reporter for the, uh, I think the Daily Planet, I think was the name of the, of the uh, uh, newspaper that he wrote for. But when he became, wanted to become Superman, he, he would run into a, uh, a phone booth. You remember phone booths? And he would uh, come out and he would have on this Superman suit. I've got a t-shirt with an S on it, you know, trying to play like Superman, and he'd have a cape, and he'd fly off and save the world. But the thing that always caused me a little bit of question about him being a, a real legitimate Superman was he only had one pair of clothes. When he would go to work the next morning, he'd had on the same suit and the same hat and the same glasses, and I never could figure that out, especially in this day and age. You know, in this day and age, if you went into a phone booth and, and, and took your clothes off, uh, they wouldn't be there when you came back. But anyway, that was kind of a sidebar, and I, I apologize for reminiscing a little bit. But Superman was one of my, my heroes. But, you know, Superman and the Lone Ranger were pretend characters. They, they, weren't, they weren't real people. Well, I had a real hero, a real live hero. It was my dad. My dad's name was Edward R. Martin. R didn't stand for anything. It was just, just a letter. Edward R. Martin, he was my real hero. And one of the things that uh, I have today, matter of fact, I got two things uh, that are precious to me. One of them, if I can find it back here, is a, is a nameplate. Uh, got his name on it here. It's probably backwards there. I don't know. But uh, had his name on it, Edward R. Martin. That was on his desk where he worked, and I, I got that whenever he, uh, he passed away. But the other thing that I have is a set of end tables. 
right here. Here's one of them. Uh, he made these back in, uh, oh, I guess probably the 1950s or so. I was about maybe in the fifth grade or something like that. I, I don't know. But he had a little uh, workbench in his basement, just, just like my workbench, and a little bit longer. And what? Matter of fact, probably the same tools, because these, these are my daddy's tools. And I remember him making this, uh, this end table and the other one. I remember him putting it together, and it is solid. It is very, very solid, very good. I'm doing a little bit of sanding and getting ready to try to to, write, to try to re refinish it. He made this out of uh, with the, with the plans from the uh, Popular Mechanics magazine. He was quite a quite a big deal. Uh, my daddy was was my hero. Well, you know. We have heroes today, uh, not just personal heroes, but we have corporate heroes, or we have heroes that we all look up to. We have heroes like uh, like our police officers and firefighters, our EMT personnel, people that run into the problem areas, not away from the problem areas. And they run in there to keep us safe and to uh, to protect us take care of our property. There are other uh, uh, heroes even even more uh, heroic right now as those who go to the, uh, uh, the hospitals, you know, the doctors and the nurses that are caring for all these corona uh, patients. What, uh, what heroes they are to us. You know, I like reading about heroes. I like reading about famous people who have done outstanding things. And that's why I like the book of Hebrews and especially uh, chapter 11. Chapter 11 of Hebrews is called the faith chapter. Now, some theologians have come in and put a subtitle on that, and they say that's the chapter that tells about heroes of the faith. And it describes lots of people. Let me... Uh, let me just give you some of the descriptions. If you've got your Bible and you've turned to Hebrews chapter 11, you can follow along with it. Now, of course, the first verse of chapter 11 is the key to all that verse. And it says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the confidence of things not seen. That's what we base all of our faith on is, is this concept, this, this idea. But listen to the people that are mentioned in here. In verse 4, it says, By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain. Verse 5, it says, By faith, Enoch was take, taken up so that he should not see death. Verse 7, By faith, Noah, being warned by God about uh, things not yet seen, uh, he, in reverence, he prepared an ark for the salvation of his household. Verse 8, it says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Verse 11, By faith, even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive even beyond the proper time of life. Verse uh, 17, it says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. Verse 20, it says, By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. Verse 21, By faith, Jacob uh, was, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed each of his sons, the sons of Joseph. Uh, verse uh, 22, by faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the exodus of the sons of Israel. Verse 23, it says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. They were afraid of the king's edict. And verse 31, it says, by faith, Rahab, the harlot, did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she welcomed uh, the spies in peace. Uh, 
Verse 32 says uh, that uh, it talks about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Japheth and David and Samuel and, and the prophets. All of those heroes of the faith that we read about there. According to the Bible, all of these men and women were heroes because they obeyed God even though they didn't fully understand the consequences of obeying him. They saw themselves as foreigners in the land. That reminds me back when I was a, a wee little boy uh, about the when going to the Royal Ambassadors on uh, uh, Friday night at my church that I grew up in, that the theme song of the Royal Ambassadors was uh, the king's business. And the first verse of that song went like this. I am a stranger here within a foreign land. My home is far away beyond a golden strand. And I thought about, you know, uh, as a Christian, this isn't even my home. I don't live here. I just, I just reside here for a while. You know, uh, this is... My home is in glory. My home is where I'm headed. And I'm here on business for my king. Well, these heroes in the Bible were kind of the same way. They didn't see this as their home. Matter of fact, let me, let me read for you uh, uh, Hebrews 12 and uh, verses, uh, I'm sorry, Hebrews 11 and verses 13 through 16. Listen to what it says. And these died in faith <clears throat> without receiving the promises. But having seen them and having welcomed them from a distance and have confessed that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For those who say such things make it clear that they are seeking a country of their own. And indeed, if they had been thinking of that country, from which they went out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to call to be called their God, for he prepared a city for them. The sacrifices these folks in the Bible, those heroes of the faith, they sacrificed their comfort, their homes, their ways of life, their possessions, everything, because they knew that this life was only temporary. That there was a better life still yet to come. You know, they understood that this life was not a time to get comfortable in, not to get satisfied, not to say that, now I can just stay here forever. Could you? <laughs> I mean, I like my home. Uh, I love my home. But would I want to live here forever? No. There's another song that says, I'm going to live forever. Jesus died on a tree for me and I'm going to live forever. But it's not here. I'm not going to live here forever. I'm bound for glory. I'm bound for another place, for another home with a mansion that, that's unbelievable. And in some ways, I'm ready to go. Well, you know, sometimes heroes, sometimes just the past can be our heroes, not people like our like our parents, not people like our, our, uh, our comic book characters that we see, and not even heroes like the ones we see out on the street and the cars and the fire trucks. And, but sometimes our heroes are just the past. Now, let me, let me see if I can kind of, kind of help you understand that. Y'all remember a guy by the name of Harry Truman? Well, some of you do, sure. Okay, now. Now, let me be a little 
more specific. How many of you remember a guy by the name of Harry Randall Truman? Ah, now that changed the tune of you, didn't it? It changed your tune. You thought I was going to talk about Harry S. Truman. By the way, S. didn't stand for anything. S. was in memory of his two grand grandfathers. One of them's middle name was Sip, and the other one's first name was Solomon. And so they just put an S in there. Harry S. Truman. But no, I'm going to talk about Harry Randall Truman. Harry Randall Truman lived uh, in Washington State. Uh, he lived in, a, in a, uh, a lodge on Spirit Lake at the base of Mount St. Helens. You remember back in the 1980s what happened in, uh, uh, in Washington State with uh, Mount St. Helens. It was a volcano. Uh, and it erupted. Well, he was told by the authorities, your lodge and the place you live is right in the line of where all this lava is going to come down whenever this volcano spews. And he says, well, no, I don't worry about it. No problem. His family came and they begged him to leave, please. And he said, no. He said, I'm part of this mountain. He said, if the mountain goes, I go. They said, uh, you're going to die. And he said, well, you know, if, if I die, I die. Well, you know what happened on May 18th, 1980? Harry Randall Truman died. He died because he would rather die than change his place of residence. He knew that it was about to happen. He knew something was going to take place. He knew change was coming. He just folded his arms and he said, not me. I'm not going to change if it kills me. And unfortunately, it did kill him. Well, this uh, pandemic has forced us to look at our lives. It's forced us to look at our, at our habits. It's forced us to stop and, and think about uh, our activities and, uh, and our outings, where we go and, and uh, how we dress. I took Ellen to the uh, doctor the other day and she finally gets to get this brace off of her neck after her surgery. And uh, we were getting ready to go in and we had our mask and and she said, well, I'm not, I'm not sure I need to wear my mask in there. I said, well, everybody else is going to have it on. We went in, and sure enough, what few people were there, they all had masks on. And they gave us a little tag that said they'd taken our temperature and all this stuff. But uh, this, this pandemic has caused us to, to think differently about our lives. And... As churchgoers, as believers, it's as leaders in the church, it's caused us to think differently about our church. How do we worship? One of the things that it's caused us to think about is, is what we look like at church. Now, you know, it's, it's interesting. Somebody uh, uh, took some pictures out of the uh, directory and and blew them up and and put them on the pews at the church and and uh, uh, Kevin Scott and and uh, Melissa Adams that does the Wednesday night services uh, they do them from the church and so they get to get up there on the stage and they get to see the pews with all the pictures of these people on there you know you know how to tell if your church is growing or if it's dying. Now, you may like this or you may not. If you took pictures of yourself and then took pictures of people in the community and held them up side by side, and if they look different, that's not a healthy sign. A lot of times our churches become so uh, 
self-absorbing and so inwardly focused that all we do is attract people just like us. And people out there in the neighborhood and in the community that are totally different from us, different in uh, color and different in language and different in economic status and difference in lifestyle, different in education, we, we tend to, to, for some reason, not, not reach them. And that's not a good thing, by the way. But that's one way you can tell how things are going in your church. Maybe even how things need to, to change. Maybe things you need to let go of. You know, <clears throat> as we get ready to come back to church, and by the way, I don't know when that's going to be. Uh, uh, the deacons have met, and uh, we will give you an announcement, and, and uh, you'll know what the process is going to be just as soon as uh, that decision is made. But I guarantee you that there's going to have to be some changes made when we do come back to church because of the pandemic. Uh, we're going to have to, because of the finances, which is a, a, a byproduct of uh, the pandemic. It's almost like a collateral damage. I don't know if that's the right word or not. But there's going to have to be some changes made. I want you to I want you to think about things that are important. If I was to have a storm come through here today and destroy my home and destroy this garage, this table, this end table, if it were smashed to smithereens, if it would explode in millions of, of pieces, that wouldn't hurt my feelings one bit. As long as other things that are in the house that are of more importance were salvaged. I mean, this table, as compared to uh, uh, the refrigerator or that sign over there it had my daddy's name on it as compared to uh, 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 some precious books bibles that i had they're not they're not the same i can let go of this if i have to i don't i don't necessarily want to but if i have to let go of it in order for my life to to to, to be what it ought to be then I'm going to let it go. Not going to hurt my feelings. Certainly not going to hurt my daddy's feelings because he's he's gone. But let me think with you just for a few minutes. And I'm going to wrap this up. What about things at church? Eastwood. Or if you're watching from somewhere else in your church. That are really important to you. Now, I want you to think about things like, you know, the, the, these are like heroes. This is like, this is my hero. This is my, my thing of the past that, that means something to me, and, and, and I can't let it go. Think about it in respect to our churches. What about the place of worship itself? What if you could not come back? to your building? What if something happened to Eastwood and we couldn't come back there? What, what, what would happen if, if something, if, if a tornado came down uh, all good road and stopped at our church and just churned away and, and uh, just chewed up everything there? What if? I, I know we're not supposed to do the what ifs, but but we're going to today anyway. Maybe instead of doing the what ifs, how about we do the, the how abouts? What's really important? The church building? What's really important? The style of, of worship? What's really important? Handshakes, and hugs, 
get this. Is it really important that we pass the offering plate so that everybody gets to touch it? Some churches do it this way now. They get up and they walk down to the altar, drop their money in the in the plate right there. Years ago, they used to have, uh, uh, you know, a big long stick and they would put the uh, offering container on the end of that stick and stick it down the the uh, the uh, the aisle area there. What about uh, which doors you come in? Is that important? Is that in so important to you that it makes a difference in whether or not you're going to worship and worship joyfully? Uh, what about uh, who leads what part of the service? whether it be male or female, uh, whether it be young or whether it be old. Uh, what about handing out the bulletins? Oh, here's a good one. What would happen if when we came back to church, we couldn't hand out bulletins? Oh, my, the world would end for somebody because somebody, that's their hero. The, not the person who hands them out. But the fact that this is what we do and it's part of the past and this is what I love about my church. Or where we park or the type of preaching or, or uh, how do we dress. I read the story the other day about a man that had gotten a preacher that had got an email. Got an email from a guy that was really mad. And he told him, he said, I got some things I want to tell want to tell you about the church. And he talked about the church back in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. And talked about how wonderful it was. And then he talked about how awful it is today. And, and uh, this preacher said, I had no idea why he was sending a letter to me. Because he said, I certainly was not a cool person or somebody who... Uh, uh, was changing. He said, I was part of the old regime also. But this guy had to come and he just had to just unload on him and talk about all the things that, uh, that he didn't like. What he was really doing was not talking about things he didn't like. What he was saying, I've got a lot of these things in the past that I can't let go of. I mean, these are extremely important to me. And if I can't have these things, if I can't have the memories that are there, if I can't have the things that mean so much to me, by the way, I wonder which means to those people, which means the most, the table to put the Bible on or the Bible that's on it. I think about that. Well, heroes are hard to let go of. I still like uh, the Lone Ranger. I still like Superman. I'm serious. I've got I've got a blue shirt with a with a red S on it. Got that shape around it. I was in a restaurant not long ago, and mine's all faded and old. And here was this this young guy, you know, young adult, and with his wife and they were sitting at a table and he had on one that was brand new. I had mine on, he had his on and I walked up to him and I said, sir, there's something wrong here. And I pointed to his shirt. He said, what's that? I laughed at him. I said, there can't be two of us. It's either you or me. And he knew it was a joke and he laughed. He said, well, I'm sure it's you, sir. You know, and, you know, and we went on. But a lot of folks hang on to things, you know, they, they, they've got to have their security blankets. They've got to have their, their heroes of the past. And, you know, they're hard to let go of. But sometimes it's necessary. So. As you get ready to re-enter the church, as you get ready to come back, whenever that's going to be, I want you to start thinking now about things that are going to be different when you get there and things that you can let go of. By the way, if you've got something that you can't let go of, 
That's an idol. That's something that you're worshiping. That's something that you long for. That's, that's something that you revere. You know what God said? God said, thou shalt have no other gods before me. He wants to be the only consistent, non-negotiable thing in your life. Let's pray. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would give us conviction and courage to be like the heroes of Hebrews. I pray that you would teach us not to hold on to those things in our church and in our lives that are nothing more than personal preference and style. Father, I pray that you would show us how to let go, where to let go, when to let go. Father, I pray that you would teach us to heed your commandments more closely. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're glad you are here today. Come back tonight. Services this evening. Kevin Scott. He's good. You need to be there. Melissa Adams and other folks that she'll have singing as well. God bless you. God loves you. Oh, wash your hands. Mm -hmm.